0: Welcome to the podcast where relationships, confidence, and determination all converge into an amazing heartfelt experience. This is Speaking from the Heart. Welcome back to a special episode of Speaking from the Heart. Episode 51 features yet another Toastmaster, in which in the month of November, we are featuring Toastmasters that have made a positive contribution to society as a whole. And for those that are interested in checking out Toastmasters, I will leave a link in the episode notes in which you can go and visit your own local Toastmasters club. And to be real and to be transparent, I would never be doing this, let alone my business, if it wasn't a result of not only Toastmasters International, let alone the Toastmasters that have come in my life and helped me become the best version of myself. Today, we will have Charles Gates, and Charles is a high-energy sought-after speech coach and also a speaker and he helps his clients and audiences bring the zing to their presentations. He believes your delivery is just as important as your content, and usually with his presentations, they are fun, infotaining, and never boring. As the exception, whether teaching presentation skills, networking, or even fundamental leadership principles. We will talk about in this episode, too, about some of his books that he's started to write Including the Bring the Zing ebook series, in which the five keys to powerful presentations, briefings, and meetings is already available on Amazon, and a second book in which we will talk about later on in this episode. Now, I have to tell you that Charles and I go back many years in which he was one of those leaders of mentors that I had in my life that inspired me. And you will definitely hear in this episode the fun, creative aspects of which. He has started his journey, and what was really interesting about all of this was the way in which his mindset can be something that rolls into even our own daily lives as a whole. But with that, let's go to the episode. All right, we're here with Charles Gates. Charles, thanks for sharing your heart with us today.
1: Josh, I am so happy to be here.
0: I am so happy that you are here and we were literally just talking about this before we started that it's been a few years since I really had the opportunity to interact with you face to face even through a recording and I enjoy all the times that you have mentored me and been able to help me in not only my Toastmasters journey but in so many different people's Toastmasters journeys and even beyond which we'll get into but I really appreciate you taking some time today. Charles, I want to talk about first, what got you into the realm of coaching and wanting to speak in front of people? Because a lot of people would probably say, that's crazy. I can't believe you would do that for a living. I will never get on the stage. Glossophobia, right? (laughs) But I'm wondering if you could talk about how you got yourself started with that.
1: Well, you know what? It goes back to a trip. I made from New Jersey, I'm from Jersey, down to Suffolk, Virginia, I-95. You can imagine during the daytime, it took forever in a day to get from one point to the next. While I was driving, I was listening to an episode of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki's fantastic episodes. And as I'm listening to this, he knew he wanted to be a self-made millionaire, but had a challenge with speaking to other people. He knew that was a challenge, so he sought help, similar to Warren Buffett seeking help in purple speaking because they knew it was so important. As I drove, I hear him mention Toastmasters. Toastmasters, what's that? Now, I'm hoping there's no cops listening to this because as I was driving, I was also writing. (laughs) (laughs) So one hand on the wheel, the other hand on my pen and my pad. Riding away, Toastmaster. So I get home to Suffolk, Virginia and I visit a Toastmaster club and immediately I was hooked. Not the fact that I wanted to become a professional speaker or coach or anything like that, but I've always been a community activist. Ever since I've been an adult, I've always been involved in the community, talking to school board meetings, talking to board of supervisors, talking to city council, and I knew I could be better. Well, let me rephrase that. I knew I could be even better. Mm-hmm. And when I walked in the Toastmaster Club, they brought some things out that I hadn't really thought about before, such as crutch words. Now, I've never had an issue with uhs, ums, those, those the, the typical crutch words. I realized through evaluations that my crutch word was a word right, R-I-G-H-T. Da-da-da, right? Da-da-da, right? hmm right? Until they told me I had no idea. When I joined Toastmasters, I was giving speeches, and people were just telling me over and over, Charles, oh, you're pretty good at this. You're pretty good at this. People were asking me to do conferences. They were asking me to do TLIs, the trainings, and all of these things. And eventually, I said, you know what? Why don't I get paid for this stuff? I'm doing it all the time anyway. So I put my foot out there, jumped into the deep end, got paid for it, and then people were saying, well, Charles, could you teach me how to do this? Could you teach me how to speak this? Could you teach me how to gesture and move with a purpose? Hmm, hadn't thought about it. Why don't I get paid for it? (laughs) (laughs) So that's really how I got it started, speaking and coaching.
0: I'm curious because... I have seen you many times speak in front of audiences, whether they are local to where I was serving in District 38 as the club growth and even program quality director was actually when we first met. But I've seen you in front of even bigger audiences, and it seems like you come alive when you have that interaction with people. Is that something that you just have deep down inside of you? Is it something that you muster, you kind of mentally prepare yourself for when it comes to that energy level. What is it that drives you to just have that excitement with the audience as a whole?
1: You know what it is? I like helping people. Hmm. I think I was put on this earth to help others. That is my legacy. That is my destiny. And let me tell you, Josh, when I get up on a stage, I light up. I light up, even doing the drive there, the train ride there, the plane ride there, the walking to the venue. I am so excited. I feel like a kid on his way to Toys R Us. I know Toys R Us on a roundy war, but I'm hoping your listeners know what that is. (laughs) I I just light up. And you know what? I've always been that way. I've always been that way. Even as a kid doing oral presentations in school, most of the kids were reserved. Oh, no, no, don't pick me. I couldn't wait till they pick me. (laughs) pick me, pick me. And they would often not pick me because Charles, put your hand down, put your hand down. Your hand's always up. We're trying to listen to you, (laughs) but that's the edited version. I love it. And I like to make an impact on people. And I don't call myself a professional speaker. I call myself a transformational speaker because I want people to think differently once they finish hearing whatever I have to say, whether it's in a community or whether it's a paid presentation.
0: With that said, is there somebody in your life growing up that has made you feel like you want to help people? Because like you said, you literally enjoy having that and giving that opportunity to be transformational is something of a complete realm itself, which I have seen both Toastmasters, non-Toastmasters do that. But I'm wondering if there was an influence in your life that propelled you into that direction or maybe there was a life event.
1: Do you mind sharing? Well, you know what? The simple answer is that I have pondered over this question often. There is no one person. There is no one person that was so inspirational to me in my lifetime to say, I want to do this or I want to do that. There wasn't a the person and it really wasn't an event. However, as I think about it, when I am serving in the community, because I've always been a deeply involved in the community, from a political perspective to nonprofits and all points in between. But when I am speaking to people, I noticed very early in my adult life, even when I was in Marine Corps, I realized that when I spoke, people listened. Even those that were higher ranking than me, they listened to what I had to say. And not only that, they acted on my recommendation and my advice. So those experiences, and people just telling me that, Charles, we believe in you. We believe in what you're talking about. Why do you think that way? And I would always think, hmm, why do I think that way? And I would come up with an answer pretty quickly in my head, and I was always able to articulate that pretty much immediately upon being asked that
0: question i know what you're saying because for me for the longest time and you know this a little bit about me working over 13 years in the commonwealth of pennsylvania in a variety of different jobs it was really about yeah i know the answer to that but i really just want you to figure that out for yourself and get a little bit of that energy of what i do in terms of my interests, my curiosity but It's public service. You're never going to get a public servant to really motivate themselves unless you find those good eggs, which you definitely do. But for me, I know what you mean when you're saying that, because I think those are the influences of really getting to the basis of what the human abilities are or the condition of what people can ultimately achieve. And speaking of that, you said about serving in the nonprofit or in the community as a whole with not going into too much detail, what are some of the general things that you have done that have helped the community? Because I know that you said you grew up in New Jersey, but I understand you live in the Virginia area. So do you mind explaining a little bit that for our audience?
1: Sure. Well, I will tell you when I was growing up in New Jersey, I was not encouraged to be involved with the community. It's unfortunate, but I just wasn't. I was just a city kid. I did what city kids do. I was hanging out on the street. I just did what city kids do. It wasn't until we were stationed, my wife did 20 years in the Army, by the way, we were stationed in Fort Meade, Maryland, and I had my first opportunity to coach a little league team. It was a softball team, nine and 10 year old girls. I have two daughters. So those girls were coached by me and others. And I really wasn't volunteering to do it. I was almost voluntold by default because no one else stood up to the plate. I've always played baseball. I've always been a sports kind of guy. I know the rules. I know the fundamentals of the sport, and I know I can teach them to others. And I have the kind of demeanor that kids and adults not only gravitate to, but they're comfortable with me. I speak to them. I laugh and joke with them. So the community standpoint, the community activism part from and I had to think about that. It really started from coaching back in the mid to late 80s. And it was a softball team. And I did that for years and years and years. And it just gravitated to everything else. It just gravitated to everything else. And most recently, it's going to be in the political form. I'm working with a few organizations to bring on. Here in Virginia, we have local elections, many local elections, senator, delegate, these type of things in November. We are hosting and facilitating a series of local political candidate forums in the Williamsburg, Virginia area, Williamsburg, York County, James City County, so that the people in our community can be well informed. So when they go to the ballots, they'll not only recognize the name in the ballot box, they'll understand what that person's position is from a recent standpoint, that would probably be the biggest accomplishment. I do things pretty much every other month in the community, lunch and learns, Juneteenth events, just getting people together and teaching people something that's going on in the community to make not only them better, but to make the community better as a whole.
0: I love that because for some people it's about, well, I want something in exchange for something else, which as business owners, I mean, for myself, I might be speaking more of, but I'm also thinking about your coaching business too, Charles. We definitely want to get our value, right? We want to be able to pay. We need to be able to live, be able to feed ourselves, take care of our families and all that. But I've been constantly reminded by some of my other guests about the importance of those relationships. So being able to form those. And yes, that might mean giving a little bit of yourself. And as one guest I've had, who's a sales trainer specifically has said to me, it's about sacrificing a little bit of ourselves. And that might not mean we live as long, but we're giving of ourselves literally. And I think that sometimes doing that though, opens up those doors of opportunity for being able to hear and experience that with other people. And I love that because I feel that connection from what you just said, especially as I sit here and look at you pondering and thought, yeah, I didn't make influence with those kids and adults. And I just yeah. love it that your eyes light up to that because going into your speaking business, which I want to talk about quite a bit. Is your speaking style more of not just the transformation side, but really sending a message out? In other words, being more informational, making it tangible for the audience to grasp. What do you typically do to help entice those audiences as a whole is really my question I'm
1: asking. Well, I will tell you, I take pretty much the Darren LaCroix approach to speaking. If I'm going to speak at a venue, let's say on a Saturday, I will get there no later than Friday. And not just to get there early to go in the hotel and relax, but I want to meet the people who are going to be at the venue. I want to meet them at the bar. I want to have a drink with them. I want to find out what's going on in their lives. How are you doing mentally, professionally, personally? I really like to get to know people. And not just from a face, not just to talk to them to say, okay, well, I know this guy. I am an advocate of really building deep, deep, deep relationships. And let me give you an example. I went to a conference, a Toastmaster conference, not too long ago. It was in April. Went to a Toastmaster conference there. And I hadn't been to this area in a long time, years. And I gave this one speech when I was there. And when I walked through the hotel lobby, years later, A person who I didn't even know comes up to me and says, Charles, I'm still swimming. (laughs) Years later now, this is three, five years later. As you know, I used to have a speech called Just Keep Swimming. Yep, I remember that. Meaning if there's trouble happening in your life, if there's obstacles, if there's things holding you back, just keep swimming. In other words, just keep going. It'll get better. through The hard times will get better if you just keep swimming. Don't give up. And this young lady came up to me and says, Charles, I'm still swimming. Now, first of all, I'm saying to myself, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, where's the closest <laughs> pool? I don't see a pool around here. <laughs> but you know what? I knew exactly what she was speaking of. And that type of impact to me, again, I still get emails. I still get text messages out of the blue. Charles, I'm still swimming. I don't even know half these people. But they remember the message. They remember the message. And for me, the message in speaking is more important than anything else. I've seen really good speakers out there who are peppered with the uhs and ums But their message is so crystal clear and it's so relevant that it makes you say, I can do that. And when you, as a speaker, regardless of what level you're speaking on, when you speak, and I'm going to tell you that, Josh, that's always my goal for the audience to say to themselves, I can do that. And I'm not talking about next week, next month, next year, or next millennium. I'm talking about right now. With what I'm sharing with you, I want you to walk out the door in your next conversation, see if you can weave these teachings or these principles into your next conversation. That, to me, is the epitome of success, at least for me.
0: I have to tell you, the statement that runs through my head every time that you have shared with so many people during the time that I knew you really, really well and we had more frequent conversation is... Toastmasters is a team sport and that sport part just reverberates in my head back and forth and the team more particularly. But I never understood the origins of it until you talked about your coaching with the young women and now it all made sense. And I've been wanting to ask you for four years, even more than four years, and I'm glad that I finally was able to put two and two together to make that happen. (laughs) So I feel really privileged because I wasn't one of those people that texted to say, oh, Charles, I'm still a team player (laughs) in Toastmasters. (laughs) As as a matter of fact, I don't know if you remember this, but I did email you because when I was running for district director in District 38 in 2022, I said, hey, I want to use this statement and reference you. Is that okay?" Because we had to get permission and have that down. And you said, absolutely, go for it. I'm glad that you still remember that after all this time. I'm like. Yeah. Unfortunately, I lost, but that doesn't matter. I got to use it. <laughs> and that's what counts the most. Yes. I remember. Yeah, That's what counts the most. Mm-hmm. With that said, though, because you were just mentioning the fact that these people just out of the blue are texting you saying, yeah, I'm swimming yet. Or yeah, I'm still a team player. I'm one of those people. I would have been one of them. But <laughs> I- I'm glad I forgot your number for a little bit because I probably would have been texting you every day. I'm still <laughs> blue in that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I oh, cuz I
0: definitely would have probably been a stalker and I didn't want to do that to you. <laughs> but with all oh. that with that said, do you feel that you make an impact on this world? Because sometimes yeah, I can say that I'm successful because these people respond back to me. I obviously had a very effective message. But do you have any self-doubt? Or does that empower you and you share that as part of your testimony to other audiences to kind of say, this is what the power of your words can be? What does that represent for you when you hear those sort of responses from people?
1: Well, I will tell you, Josh, full disclosure, those words I live my life by. I share with my kids and I share with anyone that is willing to listen to me. Don't just live. Live to make a difference. Not sometimes, but every single day. It doesn't have to be monumental. You don't have to change the world. But if you can change one person's perspective, that to me is successful because I look at it like this. And let me give you an example. There's a young lady in Toastmasters. She joined about 10 years ago, about 2012. She was a nervous wreck. She meant, in fact, when she made her very first presentation, her icebreaker speech, which is the first speech, for those of you who don't know, she was crying profusely and shaking so hard, we thought she was going to pass out. But I will tell you, I happened to be there when she first did that speech, and it was painful to watch. But we were so proud of her, of the fact that she did what she did. Fast forward, my district director year, I went to her. And so I'm not going to mention her name, but I went to her and said, I'm just going to use the name Jane, for example purposes. I said, Jane, you have what it takes to change the world. I was there when you did your ice speech. You and I have built a relationship over the years, and now I am giving you the ultimate challenge. I want you to be a district leader on my team. Why? Because you have what it takes, and I'm going to challenge you and push you to be the best version of you, you can possibly be this year. Josh, let me tell you something. She went from a budding cocoon at the beginning of that year to a blossoming butterfly. Mm -hmm. Not even by the end of the year. By April, now, of course, our year is from July 1st to June 30th. By April that year, she was killing it. I mean, she was so confident in her ability to change people's perspectives, change people's lives, and build that confidence using her own story to do so. The answer to your question, I believe that we all are put on this earth for a reason. And my reason for existing on planet Earth in 2023 is to change people's lives. I wholeheartedly believe that. I was put on this earth to really make an impact in people's lives. And what I found is when you touch one, they are going to touch others and they are going to touch others. So it's almost like a domino effect. And again, there's nothing in it for me. I'm not in it for the bright lights and the fancy cars and all that. I simply like to touch people for where they are. And when you do that, I believe when your last days come, I am going to be able to rest in peace knowing that I made an impact on hundreds of people that I may never even have met before. But listening to my words changed their lives.
0: That's a multiplication effect in itself. It's almost as a effective advertising campaign done by word of mouth can be so much more effective than saying, oh, I'm gonna go on Facebook Put up this pretty nice graphic and have this wonderfully written advertisement that people are going to watch, and I'm going to pay a hundred dollars to make sure it goes all around this area. That is how this whole world works. It has to be sequential and built together. Mm -hmm. And that, what you just shared about Jane and even some of the things that have happened, even with other people, is really how this works. And Mm -hmm. it is about having that authentic connection and it isn't just somebody coming off the street and saying oh i feel like i can connect with you because if i said oh charles i can connect with you you'd be like what's your (laughs) motivation here are you trying to get some money out of me because it's all about really having that right mindset which is some people it's really tough and i work with even clients for that matter that are really trying to challenge those thoughts about themselves and others but I want to talk a little bit about the book series that you started doing, and, and I know this is part of Bringing the Zing. So I was wondering if you want to talk about Bringing the Zing with us, along with some of the books that are coming out here. Actually, already a few of them have been out. So do you mind sharing some of that for the audience?
1: The first series in the Bring the Zing series is called Five Keys to Powerful Presentations, Briefings for those in the military, and Meetings. The reason I came up with that, believe it or not, I was always wanting to write something, something that was going to be written to impact people. I was staying at my daughter's house in Maryland as I was sleeping. This thought that came to my mind and I always keep a pad and paper somewhere around, I didn't have one at the time, but I had a pen and a napkin, a white napkin that I still have. And these five keys came to my head. I said, wow, in order. And the first key, since you mentioned it, was mindset. Because if you don't have the right mindset, it is going to be challenging for you to do anything positive in your life or in the lives of others. And this bring the zing, because I see so many Toastmasters and so many, even professional speakers that just don't do it for me. And I'm saying to myself, man, where's the zing in that? Give me the bada bing bada boom. Where's that oof oh. <laughs> You're boring me, because to me, there's nothing worse than a boring speaker. If you're going to be boring, write it in an email, send it in a memo, and just let me look at it at my leisure. Because if I am going to spend my time listening to someone, I want them to at least, if you're not going to infotain me, at least make it interesting enough where I want to listen to you. So that's where the bring the zing came from. I was looking for, and everything I do, I I do with the help of my family. And I came up with a few different titles, and Bring the Zing" was one of them. And they said, Bring the Zing" because I'm a big fan of Sam Horn. And Sam Horn, in her book, she talks about making, her and and Craig Valentine, they talk about making your tagline, if you will, rhythmic, where people will remember. I mean, think about commercials. If you think of Nationwide, most people can finish the end of that sentence. It's on your side. That's right. I said, bring the zing. Ooh, it rhymes. If I go out and say it, often enough, people are going to remember that. They might not remember everything I talked about, but they're going to remember the premise. Bring the zing. So the bring the zing is in the popularity of the first book. I got speaking engagements and all these things off it. And people are asking me, what else? What's next? Hmm. I hadn't thought about it. But since you mentioned it, hmm. <laughs> the next one is bring the Zane keys to effective networking. Because I go to so many events and people just don't know what to do when they go to a professional event and they don't know anyone. If they know someone, it's a little different. But even then, people tend to find people that they already know, people they haven't seen in a while, and they sit with them throughout the entire conference for the entire weekend and never meet anyone new. And you go to a, a chamber meeting or BNI or something like that, and they just don't know what to do. So I said, you know what? I'm good at it. I, I, I am a networking guru. You can put me in a room with 100 people, give me five minutes. Chances are, I'll know all of them.
0: Hands down, I have seen Charles do this, not only in the United States, but I literally had seen him in Paris, France, in another country doing this. I, hands down, have seen you effectively do that. You walk that talk. <laughs> I was going to say that when you were talking about a napkin, i literally holding up for the audience a napkin that I have written down some things with a friend about some ideas of things that I want to essentially work on for myself and some people that relate to not only PTSD, but there was just some conversations that we had. And I literally wrote down some thoughts, too. And some of the best things that we do are not only with a pen and paper but a pen and napkin or a marker and napkin in this situation. (laughs) So I wanted to make that comment, but I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead and finish your thought.
1: Uh, You're okay. You're okay. So my second one is networking. And then the third in the bring this thing, I haven't quite boiled it down, but it's going to be something about leadership. Because in my opinion, most leaders in this world are not leaders, in my opinion. They are simply title holders. Because if you cannot motivate, if you cannot inspire, if you cannot bring people up behind you, you are simply a figurehead. Now, I get beat up with that comment all the time. But you know what? I'm good with it. I tell it like it is. If you don't like it, maybe I'm talking about you. Mm -hmm. But leadership is about influencing other people to be the best versions of themselves they can possibly be. And if you're not doing that and you call yourself a leader, I think it's time to look in the mirror and rethink how you approach people. Because it's all about building relationships and building people up to be the best versions of themselves that can be. And leadership is not trying to stroke the ego of the person in the mirror. You have literally said every single
0: little thing about my business, your speaking voice. So thank you so much for advertising without even knowing (laughs) that. But I'm going to add one more thing to that, which is building confidence. And that is so true with all of that, that you are able to push forward As long as you have the confidence in yourself, knowing that you have value in that. Charles, we're almost at the end of our time. But before I have you wrap up with sharing a little bit about yourself, I have one final question that has been on my mind. And it's something that you, sir, I think write the book about as well, quite literally when it comes to this. Somebody somewhere is listening to this and thinking, man, Charles is really awesome. I would love to follow his footsteps, but I'm just not sure what to do or what to be. And I'm sure that there's a multitude of different answers as to how that person can do that. But if that person were able to come up to you right now and ask you, how can I be somebody that is motivating, inspirational and has a great heart with helping others in the community, like to be able to take that first step? or wants to try something new in their life, that maybe this is something brand new and they're not sure how to quite get started, what would be at least one piece of advice that you would give them? And why that piece of advice?
1: It will be twofold. Number one, what is your why? Why do you want to do this? Is it just a stroke your ego? Is it to have letters in the back of your name that no one knows that they mean? What is your why? And if your why is strong enough, Seek out the help that can answer that why, if you will. For example, there are hundreds of nonprofits out here, hundreds that you can speak, that you can be a part of, that you can speak on. There are hundreds of committees at the local, state, federal level of government that you can serve on. And it doesn't matter what your why is, you will find like-minded people somewhere. And of course, I'm going to put a plug out there for Toastmasters. Toastmasters is an organization we've been around since 1924. There's 225,000 members in 140-something different countries around the world, and most of us are like-minded. And the joy with that organization, and I tout it, I'll sing it from the mountaintops, is the fact that we all come from different backgrounds. But at the end of the day, We all have, for the most part, the same type of goals. So if that person was to come to me, I would ask them, what is your why? And then find that organization or that committee that you can be a part of to help you on your journey. Because they're out there. And sometimes you just have to look for them. But in the day and age of the internet, it's not that difficult to find. Charles.
0: I really appreciate you being here and being able to share these wisdom nuggets for all of us. I want to give you the last few minutes. How can people get in touch with you if they're interested in booking you? Maybe they want to be a client of yours for coaching. How could they get in touch with you and how can they experience the Charles Gate experience, I should say? (laughs) And I'll give you the last few minutes.
1: Go ahead. All right. Well, I will tell you, first and foremost, to understand something about Charles Gates, I'm almost like a General Patton from World War II. I'm an in-your-face kind of guy. I don't sugarcoat it. I don't water it down. I tell you like it is. And if you're an adult, if you can't handle it, you probably don't want to work with me. But if you do, I will attempt, if you are coachable, to make you the best version of you, you can be. Now, I'm a presentation coach. I help you Frame your message in 15 words or less and deliver that message with power, impact, and confidence. That's what I do. How can you get in touch with me? You can get in touch with me through my website, www.charlesgatesleadership.com, or my favorite social media platform is LinkedIn. Not going to be found there at Charles Gates DTM. For you military people, Delta Tango Mike. That's pretty much it, Josh. LinkedIn is my social media. And by the way, I do a LinkedIn tip. It's called the Bring the Zane tip of the day. I'm up to, I don't know what episode I'm up to now, but I used to do them every day, but that got rather cumbersome. But I do them at least once a week. I put out a tip a day. It could be on speaking. It could be on leadership. It could be on mentoring. It can be on the environment. Anything that's important that happens to come in my brain that particular day, the day that we're shooting this, my thought was let it go. That was my tip for the day. I throw out some things. I do a short video, one to two minute video on LinkedIn, and then I add some words to it. So it's a very short read, but check that out. I love to hear the comments. I like to hear the likes. And ultimately, Josh, I am here to help serve others. And I'm really looking forward to my next journey is to work with budding politicians. I see so many Want to be politicians that do not get to where they need to be because they don't know how to frame the message and they don't know how to deliver that message to the point where when they're finished, the audience is saying, That's my guy. That's my gal. And if they're not saying that, if you want to get into public office, you've got work to do. And if you want to get better, come see me, Charles Gates DTM on LinkedIn, or check out my website, Charles Gates Leadership.
0: Charles, I want to bring a little bit of the politician out of me for a second and mm-hmm. first off, say a couple of things. Let's start out with this. Thank you for being part of Speaking from the Heart. This is something that I've been waiting to do with you for quite a while. And I know that there were some challenges along the way to try to get there, but I really appreciate you overcoming them to be able to do that with me. But there's something I need to tell you, and I want it to be part of this episode because I feel like it's really important. I don't think I ever realized the true power of Toastmasters and the passion that I could have if it wasn't for you. And it's allowed me to be able to do what I'm doing now, which is also reaching hundreds of people, thousands, and I hope one day, tens of thousands, even millions of people through what I am hopefully making as a impact through not only this podcast, but through business, but also the heart of it all, being a Toastmaster. And I really appreciate you always being there and just being a sounding board for me and others. You are the genuine deal. And I'm really appreciated to feature you as one of my Toastmasters that has really resonated. And I hope listeners understand that Charles is in your face, to the point, but he does it with a heart of compassion and a heart of gold. And I really do mean that, sir. You are a inspiration for a lot of people that do need that solid foundation. And I appreciate that. So thank you again. Thanks for being on the show. And I look forward to continuing these conversations with you because you definitely make an impact.
1: Thank you so much, Josh. That's a joy to hear from you. And by the way, my book series, Bring the Zing, is available on Amazon Kindle.
0: And if you want to check that out, I'll have it in the episode notes. If you want to read those, (laughs) that is something that you can pull off of Amazon. But Charles, thank you again.
1: Thank you so much, Josh. Been a pleasure.
0: When I think of Charles Gates, I think about somebody that has really been able to go through life and really help people no matter where they are at. And he certainly... Brought that zing, especially in this interview, and definitely the perspective that he provided was something that I forever continue to live in my own life when it comes to the things that we can create, not only for content, but also the things in which we can transform ourselves. And that's why I really enjoyed not only the interview that we had, but also have the opportunity to share many of these things that you can even learn on your own, which, just for the record, We talked a little bit about Darren LaCroix, and Darren is one of the more successful Toastmasters that went on to start his own business, Stage Time University, which if you are interested in checking that out, I will leave a link into the episode notes that will help you to get to where you want to be. But I want to talk a lot about really just the things that Charles really said in this episode that made me think about what I could potentially do to even help myself even as a coach myself, helping people realize and have that voice in this ever-changing world, the mission of your speaking voice. I felt the first thing that really stood out for me was about that sometimes there is nobody that really makes us feel this way. Because when I asked him that question about who really influenced him, he actually said something that I would never have thought or imagined, that it would really help To create some of those best things for myself and to even help myself through all the different challenges that would come through my own life. And I think that means having some sheer determination, sheer grit, which for some people that can be very difficult in doing. It means taking yourself out of the context of where we are sitting in and then being able to push ourselves into another context in which we can help others. And since Charles didn't have the influence, He realized that he had that innate gift, the gift of being able to just see where people are at, to be able to help wherever that help is needed. And I think that's something that we can, as even listeners, continue to build upon our own lives, whether that is in a personal or a professional context. Now, for many of our episodes, especially early on when we started this podcast, we heard a lot of this concept of active listening. And Charles, yet again, is one of those Toastmaster guests that I've had that have talked about the importance of doing that, just so that we can just keep swimming forward. Ah, to keep swimming forward. Something that I heard many years ago from the same Charles Gates, but I was in a completely different mindset at the time. As a matter of fact, I wasn't swimming. I was barely treading water. As a matter of fact... The water was getting into my nose and I was starting to drown slowly into a dark, big abyss of itself. And that was something that I would never have thought in a million years that I would overcome because trying to just swim, especially with all the things that are happening in our lives, it can be so difficult. It can be so challenging to just overcome those different aspects of our lives, to have that balance which we've talked about in so many different episodes, of being able to just weigh those buoys that are out there in the sea, and even that vast ocean of just being able to carry on. But isn't that the point? Isn't that the point of having other people that are like-minded like yourself, that are willing to help you along the way? Now, don't get me wrong, you can be like-minded and also have bad influences in your life whatsoever that might create some of those negative connotations about who you are, what you're trying to represent, and so many other things. But if you don't know what to do, especially when the times get tough, you have to remember that relying on what you've done in the past is not the answer either. And I think that for many of us, we do rely on that past because that's all we have. We just live. We just live because we need to just continue on. But I think that the problem with that is we stay stagnant. We don't challenge our status quo. As a matter of fact, we never see what we can do and become the very best. Sure, we could be a transformational speech coach in which we're happening to create infotaining, exciting speeches in itself. When we are talking about especially the networking aspect of this interview, we really are talking about what we can do to move ourselves forward from point A to point B. To move ourselves then from point B to point C. But then it's about even the greater worldview that some people take point D and go back to point A. Does that mean that they're wrong? does that mean that they are also challenging themselves to become something that they never thought possible? Is it something that they're able to just live and just go through the notions, thinking that they will have that answer? Well, it's all about perspective. And even in perspective, we have to reflect on what those perspectives of our own lives are and what we wish to have as new world perspectives, because they are always changing. They always have something in which we are trying to see through the murky fog, the murky waters, to see if we could swim to the next opportunity of essentially becoming the very best. And I think that for Charles, he recognizes that it isn't just about doing it yourself. It's about networking with others and even being a coach, especially of the softball team in which he was able to help those children become something that they never thought possible especially in the world of sports that can be so important for athletes to strive for their very best. Now, I'm not any fan enthusiast when it comes to any sort of sports. That's just something that I did not grow up with. And I can point you to the next podcast host that would be one of the best influencers when it comes to the Philadelphia Phillies and other sort of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania sports teams here in the United States. And I certainly do not want to say his name just in fear that maybe he might be listening to this because he might be a little shy. But I know that that's the whole point, is that we have these innate abilities, these talents, whether they are in sports or not, and they make us become something that we never thought imaginable due to the fact that we are seeing ourselves in a completely different light. Which ultimately asks one simple question. Why? What is your why? What are you doing about your why? I think that's where we need to seek out that answer. Almost like in the one episode I talked about Star Trek. We have to go to those vast new planets. We need to be able to explore new worlds, new civilizations. We need to be able to open ourselves to adventure, especially even some of my international guests that have been on this show have expressed. Because it is about understanding that why. It's about figuring out what you can do to become not just the best version of yourself, but through that process, you're changing your mindset and your perspective of the whole entire world. And that's where speech can be so powerful, and which is why I coach even in speaking as well. But in order for us to bring the zing, we need to be able to understand fully what we are trying to challenge ourselves in doing. And that's why it's so important to understand that why. Seek out those people that are helping you to find that why. Have them go through that process with you. Learn a little bit about what you can become. And then on the other side of that, keep challenging yourself because you should never settle for less. You should know that no matter what, you can like helping people too. And it doesn't mean that every single day you have to be service-oriented. It means about being there for friends and family as well, which is why this is all interconnected. There isn't two silos, or three, or four, no matter what kind of number of silos that you have. It's about realizing that you have what it takes. And it means understanding that we all have our unique styles in which we do it. Although Charles would be somebody in which I would have to work against in order to get clients, it doesn't mean that Charles is a bad person. It doesn't mean that I am a bad person. And that's what this is all about, ladies and gentlemen. It's about realizing what is the good and what is the bad. And I think that if we can break those molds, those habits that we have inside of ourselves that are the good and the bad, we can become great and greater instead and potentially become the greatest. It doesn't mean that we have to be achieving perfection but it does mean that we have to have that zing to continue. And I think for anyone that is out there still trying to figure out what that influence is, whether you are that child on the baseball field or the softball field, or even turning it into the future, I think we all need to realize that we can do this. We can find our why. We are worthy of all things possible. And that is the most important thing we can do to unlock our voice. Thanks for listening to episode number 51 of Speaking from the Heart, and I look forward to hearing from your heart very soon. Thanks for listening. For more information about our podcast and future shows, search for Speaking from the Heart to subscribe and be notified wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit us at www.yourspeakingvoice.biz for more information about potential services that can help you create the best version of yourself. See you next time.